Welcome back to another episode of Sports with a Z and a T. I am Bryce Zielinski alongside Taylor Lattimore. We are presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by Mohawk Honda, Johnstone Supply in Troy, and Saving Face Barbershop up in Saratoga Springs. Otis is joining in on the start of the broadcast for those on the YouTube side of things, but you can also be listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, we have a big show ahead of us as well, and uh, we're, we're going to try to keep it now that the regular season of the NFL is over. We really are going to try to keep this under an hour now. I don't know how <laughs> how true to my word I'm going to be tonight because we do have a lot of topics to get to, but we're going to do our best. We all... We have the national championship that we have to get to, and, and Georgia is the top dog. Uh, we're going to talk some Carson Wentz choke jobs. We're going to talk some NFL coaching vacancies, head to the playoffs and check out Super Wild Card Weekend, and preview all the matchups there and talk some Super Bowl favorites as well. So let's get right to it, Taylor. Obviously, Monday night, we are recording on Tuesday night. The show airs on Wednesday. Georgia, man, I, I mean – Really caught me by surprise. We got a new top dog. That is Georgia. They beat Bama in the college football championship game. It did come down to the final drive before Bryce mm-hmm. Young threw that pick six to seal their fate. Uh, this was a good game. It was a slow first half, nothing but field goals. Uh, and and look, I mean, this Georgia team, I mean, that they, they really were successful all year long because of that very, very good defense that they have. And in the end, that was the reason why they won. I mean, they they took the Heisman Trophy winner and Bryce Young and this offense and really, really limited what they were able to do. Now, do I think Alabama missing their top two wide receivers had a big role to play? Absolutely, I do. Obviously, Jamichi lost. Uh, they lost them in the SEC championship game. And then, obviously, you lost uh, Williams on like the first drive of the game. So it really was not good for Alabama's offense to lose those two guys. You can only do so much uh, when, you know, you lose two of your weapons like that. But I mean, that's not an excuse either. However, Bryce Young, 35, 57, 369 yards, touchdown and two picks never really seemed comfortable. And that that's credit to the Georgia defense. Obviously got to give credit to the offense as well. Uh, Jay, you know, Stetson Bennett played poised, confident over the final 30 minutes, 17 to 26 for 224 yards, you know, did what he had to do. Uh, but really this, this game was about Georgia's defense. Yeah, and in fact, it was about the defense, I would say, overall between both teams, especially like that first half yeah. was we yeah. were wondering whether we were going to get a touchdown. I know there's definitely um, some people out there that put money just on the fact that there would be a touchdown scored in the game, and they were kind of sweating it out at halftime because it was, you know, it was only field goals, and, and neither team really could get um, – could really get moving. It was, it was, it was, it was a very defensive game, especially for that, uh, that first half. And even in the second half, I mean, the, the play of the game, the play that ended the game was a defensive play. It was obviously that pick six of Bryce young, um, when they were trying to drive down the field. Um, but I do think that missing, missing your top two wide receivers for Alabama really did hurt them in terms of, they really couldn't get anything going offensively at all. Like the few drives that they had, nothing really huge over the top, just, mostly dink and dunk just trying to trying to get you know that first down yardage any way you can um but you know credit to georgia um they had been you know the better team all year up until around the sec championship game where we it kind of flipped where we thought alabama really was uh coming into themselves and they looked to be but 
Uh, I think they just kind of ran out of gas. Missing those top two weapons really, really had to think hurt them. And and Georgia's defense really just stepped up. Yeah, I, I was I was pretty adamant that Bama was going to win this game. I actually had I thought so too. Uh, yeah, you know, really, I, I placed money on money line Bama. I, I, Same. I mean, I still I still did pretty well for myself in the game overall, but one of them was money line Bama, and that just did not happen. A big reason that did not happen. I mean, we talk about Georgia's defense. Let's talk about the pass rush that was helped by the run defense. I mean, one of the reasons Georgia could get so much pressure on Bryce Young and make him so uncomfortable was that it could blitz from anywhere it wanted because it knew Bama couldn't run the ball consistently. I mean, what Bama had been doing so well, they weren't able to do. I mean, Bama tried to do so in plenty of different ways, but it was really inconsistent all night long. Early in the game, you got Brian Robinson on the edge with tosses and sweeps, and it just it was it wasn't working. And that's really what had worked in the SEC championship game. And really, I mean, when you look at what Bama did to Cincinnati, they just ran the ball down their throat and dared Cincinnati to stop it. And they couldn't now comparing Georgia and Cincinnati, you can, (laughs) Um, that's just not something I'm doing, but I mean, Georgia loaded the box played, you know, one high safety the entire time. And later in the game, uh, Bama tried to run at the heart of the dogs defense and just, yeah, I mean, you're not going to win that battle. And, uh, Bama finished only with 30 yards rushing on 28 carries. I'm sorry, but I mean, that that's, that's domination up front. And usually, yeah. I mean, we you look in college, you look in the NFL, you look at why Bama has usually typically been so successful. It's because they dominate the line of scrimmage. You look at the teams that have won the Super Bowls the past oh couple God. of years. They dominate the line of scrimmage. And what Georgia did to Alabama – I mean, if we take away sack yardage, 30 yards on 28 carries, Bryce Young finished with minus 43 yards. It managed only 73 yards on 24 carries. Robinson was held to 68 yards on 22 totes a week after tearing Cincinnati's defense absolutely to shreds for 204 yards. I mean, this Georgia pass rush and and defense was just absolutely phenomenal and a big reason why i mean look it got bama out of its game i mean bryce young is capable of carrying a team we've seen it before however a lot of their success is predicated on the run and they simply could not do it yeah i mean that that's that you just read off there that that's like one yard a carry like just over one yard a carry like that and i mean you could definitely tell like you could see it because as you're watching the game it's like every time alabama tried to run it was like right to the line of scrimmage, maybe a little bit over, maybe a yard, you know, here and there. Everything that Alabama was trying pretty much got stopped from the majority of the game, aside from a few drives here and there where they were able to put stuff together. Um, But like I said, even that, it was just like maybe one decently big play here and then a lot of dink and dunk where they, they just couldn't get yardage. And I think give credit to Georgia. They really did their homework. They learned from that SEC title game and mm-hmm. they took what they learned and they applied it with vigor. Like they were, they were ready for that game. They were up there already. Um, and credit to them. They, they, they really, you know, they won. They, they, they deserved to be the national championship. They showed why they were the number one defense all year long, the number one team for most of the year. Um, yeah. I, I wish that I had put some money on Georgia, um, or even the under, I, I think it hit cause it was such a low scoring first half it was 53. Yeah. Yeah. 51 total points. The over was uh 53. Yeah. So, uh, definitely wish I'd, I'd hit the, on that one, but it is what it is. Credit to Georgia. It was a good uh, game. 
Yeah. And, I like and, defensive games. And when you look at Georgia, I mean, Stetson Bennett was Stetson <sighs> Bennett for Georgia. And I mean, that's enough when you have a defense like that. It was, it was not a great game by Bennett. He was not totally efficient, um, held on to the ball for a second longer than he really should have um, a lot of the time. And uh, you, you look at one of the moments that I think, you know, the difference between this game and the SEC championship game, uh, the fumble that occurred as he was sacked from behind. I mean, that led to Bama's lone touchdown. And yeah. that was a moment where, like, where when we look back at the SEC championship game, that's something that, I mean, Georgia fell apart after they started turning the ball over. Uh, that didn't happen this time. And Bennett really kept us cool, atoned for the fumble with two touchdown drives, um, and, and really was a big reason why. Uh, Georgia won that game. And I, when you look at Bama, yeah, Jamison Williams, I go back to that injury. I think that hurt what they could do offensively as well. But Georgia, I think, really, really, really want to atone for what had happened in the SEC championship game because until that game, they were the most dominant team in all of college football, and everybody was so thrown off by how bad they had looked. You knew they weren't going to look that bad again. But you yeah. also didn't think that Bama – I mean, some – me personally even, I, I just thought Bama couldn't be beat, and uh, I was wrong, and congratulations to Georgia for your first championship since 1981. Yeah, and I think that, it, like, as it was, it was good defense on both sides. Like, Georgia wasn't really moving the ball down the field. It was it was pretty much the same on both sides. A lot of punts in this game. Um, and, you know – Georgia just put it together when they needed to at the at the very end there, and um, and then they made one really huge defensive play against Bryce Young at the very end to cap it off to seal it. So yeah, and the SEC has been pure domination of late, especially in the college football playoff. Um, this is already the second time we've seen Bama and Georgia play in the college football championship. The last three SEC national champions are from the SEC, that would be Bama, LSU, and Georgia in that order. I'm um, sure the odds for Alabama being, and Georgia even, being back next year are yeah, like... These, these are two teams built to win national titles, and they weren't even the best versions of themselves. Like The scary thing is Bama had a tremendous year, um, but few would tell you that this was actually one of Saban's better teams. And for Georgia, while its yeah. defense is elite, um, there are still holes on the offense, but that being said, we're talking about two programs with holes that they're going to get fixed and they already were in the national championship game. We're going to see this game again, at least in the SEC championship game, you could probably bank on one, if not both of these teams in the college football playoff again. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, if that doesn't help speed up playoff expansion, nothing will, because I think at this point you want to see some of the conferences have a bigger piece of the pie, not just one team. You know, I'm sure the Big Ten would love nothing more than to just send, you know, send more than just, you know, Michigan that won the Big Ten. I'm sure they would have loved to have Ohio State in there. Yeah. If you look at the Pac-12, I'm sure you would have loved to have some, someone in there, the Big 12, someone in there. So I, I think if this pace continues and you, you constantly see the sec just winning I mean, in four teams, it's really hard to put four of the best teams in all of college football in there. But I think if you continue to see this pattern, you're going to see the college football uh, playoff expansion talk heat up quicker than um, we already want it to. 
Yeah, I mean, I could see it, but I, I don't think it'll matter. Like, I think if we expand it, it's still going to be like Alabama and Georgia dominating. I just think that that's the way the programs are. That's the way college football is built right now. Occasionally, you're going to have an Ohio State or maybe a, a Clemson, not this Clemson team, but you know what I mean? Like a team that mm-hmm. comes out of nowhere, starts getting good, gets the right quarterback and gets the right juice together. Maybe a Penn State, hopefully, for your sake. But the majority of the time, you're going to have – a team like Alabama and Georgia in there, like the SEC just dominates and Alabama especially dominates and Georgia's in, in its own right, becoming a little bit of a dynasty in the last couple of years. They've been pretty good, but um, I mean, Alabama's as long as Nick Saban's there, I don't see any way that Alabama's not at least in the playoff most, if not every single year and maybe winning it most years too. Yes, yeah, so uh, it's hard to believe, but I mean, this was a fun, not really for me, but it was a fun college football season for most. And uh, obviously we had a lot of talk. We did our rankings. We talked about college football. I mean, we already going back to August, August, September, October, November, December. Here we are mid-January. It's finally come to an end. Um, we'll leave it at that. There are going to be a lot of things changing, especially with the transfer portal um, to be determined uh, if Michigan, and we'll get to this in a little bit on the NFL side of things, uh, the defending Big Ten champions might be losing their head coach soon to an NFL coaching vacancy. Um, And obviously there's just constant turnover in the college football ranks, but one thing is constant and that's the SEC dominates. Let's head to the NFL Taylor and uh, you know, we're going to talk playoffs. We're going to talk coaching vacancies, but first and foremost, we have to talk about the Carson Wentz choke job because you thought if you thought I was not going to have this on the show, like especially in the very beginning, you are so sorely mistaken. And I, I, I told everybody I would have been – I would be insufferable if Carson Wentz and the Jaguars oh, – believe me, you well, are. If Carson Wentz and the Colts lost to the Jaguars – by the way, thank you for the money because I put, you know, Jaguars money line on it. Same. I know you did too. Um, Carson, Carson, Carson. I mean, I would like for our YouTube – I had to even bring it out, Taylor – I have not worn this jersey in two years. I am wearing my Carson Wentz Eagles jersey. Not because, you know, I like Carson Wentz. And I don't have a Carson Wentz Colts jersey, and I don't think I'll be buying one. But I would like to personally thank you um, on behalf of my playoff-bound football team. I would like to thank you for the higher draft pick because you couldn't beat a two-win Jacksonville Jaguars. But can we we rename this the – the Colts choke job, not Carson Wentz, because yes, no, Carson... it's about Carson Wentz. It's no, it's not about though. Carson it's Wentz. not though, because Carson Wentz played bad. But you know who else played bad? The entire team. The defense made Trevor Lawrence look like he's an elite top tier quarterback. He didn't miss his first thirteen throws. He threw for I think at least one. I don't. I I, I blank it out, so I don't really know if he threw more than one uh, touchdown. But I know he threw one, which I mean has been hard for him to throw touchdowns his whole you know, uh, seasons thus far. I, I know he threw one uh, the week before, but the fact that they made him look so good, the defense couldn't get up, the run game couldn't go anywhere, we weren't making holes for Jonathan Taylor to run. So if we're putting a place, everything, uh, uh, like the entire game has to be Carson Wentz win us this game. That's not who he is. That's not who Carson Wentz is at all. I think we've we've 
we've seen that now. He needs a balanced team. He needs, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Colts choke job because everything about the team was bad. There was not a good redeemable. It wasn't like it wasn't like the defense was making stops and giving him the ball back, and then Carson was just pooping on the field. It wasn't like Jonathan Taylor ru- rushed for a hundred yards and really took the pressure off Carson Wentz so that he could sit in the pocket and throw. It wasn't like the offensive line was giving him a ton of time to throw before they're being pressured um, by this vaunted Jaguars defense um, that made him look like he was a fool. Every part of the Colts was shit. So it's not just Carson Wentz's so, choke job. The entire so, team choked. So it may be a Colts joke, choke job specifically against the Jaguars, uh, but th- this goes further than one game. Like, so uh, the Colts, like y- you were, y- you were better last year with Philip Rivers than you were this year with Carson Wentz. And as the Colts mm-hmm. are picking through the wreckage of missing the NFL postseason because Carson couldn't beat the damn Jags, um, you have Frank Reich sitting there on Monday at your year-end press conference not guaranteeing Carson is the starting okay. quarterback okay. next. Okay. Let me, no, 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 but, no, 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 Fine. Go. Let me finish. Because I don't want to say – but what you're saying is not entirely accurate. The, the way they framed it – like he didn't it's not like he was like i'm not gonna say who's the starting court he all he said was that i don't i don't evaluate players publicly what he's saying is he's saying he's protecting them good he's protecting them bad he's saying i don't i'm Uh, not gonna sit here and uh, say that any player is no this is what we heard about if the team had asked him Oh, is Jonathan Taylor going to be your starting running back next year? He would have said, I do not evaluate players publicly. No. Stop That's literally it. his Stop no, it. That is literally Stop what he it. said. You, do you not follow Frank Reich? Obviously not, because that's literally he what was he our does. He was coordinator for two years. Of yeah, but he didn't. He wasn't your head coach, so he wasn't taking pressers like this. Offensive coordinators don't take pressers like this. <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Yeah, choke Don't take up. pressers yeah. like Keep this. choking like the Colts. Listen, but the fact of the matter is, if me... you're gonna say that they're not being, they're not committing to Carson Wentz long term, that's not, not true. They're He's, not. It, they're it, not. I mean, if they can get Deshaun Watson, yeah, I would take Deshaun Watson over Carson Wentz in a heartbeat. But you're not going to probably get him. So it's going to so, be Carson. It's not going to be Sam Eleanor unless, I mean, maybe if he's so, good. I don't know. So to your point. So first off, Reich declined to say whether or not Wentz will be the starter in 2022 and said he's not going to evaluate players individually. Yeah, that's fine. evaluate players to the media. Why that, would that, he? That's fine. That is not the same answer that he gave about Philip Rivers last year. Philip so, Rivers was retiring. You didn't know. Let me finish. They knew. They let knew. Me, would you let me finish for fuck's Go sake? Go for it. Go for it. What did he say about Philip Rivers? So, as you would be saying, you know, this could be Reich playing diplomat, not wanting to say anything in either direction before the offseason hits, and that he and, you know, Chris Ballard have some big picture talks. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Guess what? No, because except that in his year-end press conference last year, when asked if he wanted Philip Rivers back, this is what Frank Reich said, and I quote, Yes, as I sit here right now, I want Philip Rivers to be my starting quarterback next year. Yikes. Big because yikes. he was going to retire. The, everyone knew he was Wrong. retiring. It you wouldn't say that. 
It wasn't a secret that he was retiring. So what if when he's all this what, makes uh, uh, this retiring makes, quarterback? Would you like him to this stay and play makes, another year? Oh yeah, this sure, makes, I'd love to. This but he's makes not going the to, relationship so between this makes the relationship no, between Indy and their supposed thing. franchise quarterback. Would you let me you finish? Trying to pull this out. This is Let you and the finish. media trying to pull this out. This is me not the media. I'm not the media, pal. You are being the media right now because you're trying to read into things that aren't there yet. Just let the man have his offseason and evaluate. If he comes out and says he doesn't want Carson Wentz, then I trust him. And I trust Ballard. And I trust listen, Ballard to do his due diligence listen, to try to find a better quarterback. Because Carson listen, Wentz is not the best quarterback in the league. Listen, listen, listen. There is already tension between Indy and Wentz because sure. just after 17 games, sure. just after 17 games, this team regressed. It's not like you, you could blame Reich for not guaranteeing Wentz a job. I'm not saying this is on Frank Reich. But does Eagle, Carson Wentz have anything to do with the defense? Carson, like shit? Carson Wentz for was two absolute, games. This has nothing to do with the defense. This I know, but on. it has everything to do with the defense. If a team lost because of every phase of the game, then what does Carson Wentz have to do with it? Carson Wentz was absolutely dreadful down the stretch. Reich routinely kept the ball oh out God. of Carson's hands for fear of him making the kinds of game-wrecking mistakes that he did in Jacksonville. When did he kept it out of his hands? The final four the games. Best, the back in the league? Final four games. Final four games. His completion percentage was down to 58.3%. He, he only averaged six yards an attempt, Had ten, gave up 10 sacks, only had five touchdown passes, turned the ball over three times. That is not the play of a franchise quarterback who is set to count for $28 million against Probably the cap not. next season if the Colts bring him back. Probably and you're not. Here tell, and you're here telling me that Frank Reich is definitely like – you know, no. would would not sit here and say a $28 million man is not our starting franchise quarterback in front of the media when asked about it? Come on, Taylor. No, he on. wouldn't say that. But I'm all I'm saying is that I, I don't even care, really. If they find a better quarterback than Carson Wentz, I'm all for it. I just want the team to be good. But you can't put the, the collapse of the season all on the back of Carson Wentz because everyone played badly. And in the Cardinals game, which was within those four games that you talked about, he literally won us the game. So what are we doing here? Yeah, they're going to give it to Jonathan Taylor as much as possible. That's what keeping it out of Carson Wentz's hands. I would give it to Jonathan Taylor if I was the, the offensive coordinator. Why would you not with the season that he's having? So obviously, yeah, you're not going to like trust Carson Wentz with the fucking play that he's been doing. But I mean, you know, we get who we get. Like if, if we can get someone else, if we can bring in uh Deshaun Watson, I'm sure we would do it in a heartbeat. I mean, I don't know what Ballard's thinking. Cause I mean, that man sometimes makes weird decisions. He hasn't given us a wide receiver in a while uh, outside of Pittman. Um, but that's another thing that we haven't even talked about is the fact that Wentz doesn't really have much weapons besides Pittman. Pittman has a thousand yards. The next highest is T Y Hilton with 290 something yards. Like, that's pathetic. Like he doesn't have any weapons on in the passing game to throw to. He doesn't have a deep threat because Paris Campbell is out half the time. And even when he was in, uh, I mean, when he was in in the beginning of the year, he he was doing well as a deep threat. And Wentz tried to hit him a couple times downfield uh, on Sunday, but I mean, the defense played like shit too. That, like the Jaguars, I I can't put it on Wentz. Put it all on Wentz. I mean, Wentz played badly, but the defense played badly. And the running game was bad. It's and the play calling was sus. Uh, 
I mean, it's it's the Jack. I mean, I I I feel like and it's a cop they out argument, but it, it 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 it's a cop out argument, but it's not. I mean, it's it's the Jaguars. This was a two win team that I, I mean, it's the worst team in football. No, the the Colts don't have any excuse for losing that. Like, there's none. Like, I don't care that you had COVID. I don't care that you were losing people to COVID. I don't care that anything was happening. Like. I don't care if hard knocks played a part in this because I, this is the first in season hard knocks. Like we can talk about whether that played a factor in this collapse down the end. But like, I've been watching the hard knocks. It doesn't feel like it's that intrusive. Like it, it's not like they're sitting down for interviews. Like for the most part, it's just the narrator talking, which is obviously done post-production. And then like, they're just filming them like with mostly like secret fucking hidden cameras. Like they're just going about their business and there just happens to be cameras there that are filming them. And it's like, I don't really think that had a part to do with it, but it's possible. They're missing guys to COVID. They didn't miss any really big people for this game due to COVID. But just looking at pro football focus, they charted 16 turnover worthy throws from Carson (laughs) heading into Sunday with over half of those coming on the road. And that might be a conservative (laughs) figure against the Jaguars. He got, he lodged his eighth fumble of the year that pushed his Total number of turnovers for the season up to 14 and his turnover worthy plays closer to the mid twenties. I mean, and this is a guy that the Colts traded the now 16th overall pick to the Philadelphia Eagles for, and now he's on the books for $28 million next year. I have a hard time believing you're going to get around that and find someone else that is going to start for you. But, um, you know, and as hard as it is for me to say, I mean, I look, I, I was a Carson Wentz through there to, for, for a very long time. But, I mean, what I saw from him this year was absolutely putrid, and that is two straight seasons now of just horrible quarterback. I really Not don't somebody think that, that it, it was that bad overall. Like, th- were there games here and there where he played badly and had bad throws? Yes. Were there games where he was lucky? Uh, the San Francisco game comes to mind because it was wet and he had at least two throws that were into like the chest of the defense and they just dropped. Um, those probably should have been interceptions. He needs to play better. That's for sure. But it was his first year uh, in, in this new system. I know it's Frank Reich's system, so it's a lot similar, but but there's not the same, not, not, it is. No, it is new though, because it's not the same personnel at all. Like we can't play the way that the Eagles played in 2017 when we only have, you know, Pittman and we don't have anyone deep down the field to open it up and we don't have a tight end that's worthy of, you know, the caliber of an Ertz. Um, so it's not the same. Uh, he has a great, better running back and be- probably a better run game than he did. Although the Eagles were pretty good at running the ball in 2017. Um, yes. But it, it's not the same. And, and Reich's not running the same exact system he's running in Philly. And so I'm happy to give Carson Wentz another year and we'll see how it goes. I hope that we can improve the offense, get him more weapons, and maybe tailor the offense to his strengths and not try to make him be someone he's not. But let's move on. I'm screaming too much. I mean, I, 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 I am looking forward to I, the 16th overall pick this year. That is all I will say. Yeah, well, Howie's going to probably pick the worst wide receiver out of the bunch that he could. I'm not saying just wide receiver just because you have Jalen Rager and Whiteside and they're trash. But Howie will make the wrong pick. I have faith in that. Mm, well, you know, he did swindle the Colts into a trade for Carson Wentz. So 
we we will. I'm going to give it another year, and I'm happy about it. Oh yeah, you just seem so so joyful. So joyful. the whole team sucked. If any part of the team was better, then maybe Carson's mistakes would have been overshadowed, and we wouldn't be talking about this. The fact of the matter is, Carson does not control the entire team. Like, if the whole team played bad, why can I be mad at Carson Wentz? Because Carson Wentz should be able to carry a team like a franchise quarterback should against the Jacksonville Not every Jaguars. franchise quarterback can carry like Tom Brady or Aaron A Rogers. franchise quarterback is exactly that, can carry a team when the rest oh, of the then, team then is then down. Then why did Patrick Mahomes lose in the, the, the Super Bowl last year? Could he not overcome his team? Because he's a franchise quarterback. So why didn't he win? Yeah. Exactly. Because you can't overcome when your team plays like absolute garbage. Uh, so phenomenal. Um, we're going to get to the NFL coaching vacancies here in a second. But I do want to remind our listeners that we are sponsored by Mohawk Honda. And it is a new year with new goals. Start your new year right behind the wheel of a new or pre-owned vehicle that fits your budget and your New Year's resolution. Stop into Mohawk Honda and check out their broad selection of pre-owned inventory. They are there to find the right make, model, and price point to fit your budget. Their goal is to help you meet their goals. Uh, let Louis, the VIP man, Morales, Jake, Hot Sauce Doyle, Cars with Kern Sabota, or Mark from Clifton Park Ellis Jr. connect you up with the perfect deal. And right now is the perfect time to get top dollar for your trade-in with the Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer. Same day check in your hand the day you trade in that vehicle. Just ask for Brian By with B. Mac McKenna, Mike Bennis, Nicole Oser, or Cam. Let's do a deal. McKenna, again, all of our sales and leasing consultants there at Mohawk Honda will make your New Year's automotive goals their top priority. Start the new year right with just the right deal at Mohawk Honda in Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. So many nicknames. So many nicknames. You got um, to love it. Got just, just love it. Um, we have so many head coaches. Nah, not so many, but a good chunk. Of NFL head coaching vacancies. Now, not keep in mind, surprises. not many surprises. Uh, we are recorded on Tuesday night. Uh, actually, there's one massive surprise that yeah. we'll get to. Um, uh, we'll we'll get to it. Um, but as of Tuesday night of recording, we have uh, seven NFL head coaching vacancies. One of them isn't really a vacancy per se. I'm counting the Raiders as a vacancy. The Raiders are in the playoffs, and we'll see where it goes from there if they decide to actually go on to a head coaching search or not. Um, so taking the Raiders away, we do have six active head coaching vacancies. The Jaguars fired Urban Meyer earlier in the year. We all know this. The Vikings fired Mike Zimmer on Black Monday. The Chicago Bears fired Matt Nagy on Black Monday, and the Dolphins fired Brian Flores in a absolute head-scratcher. Um, mm. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, he was fired on Black Monday. The Broncos swiftly fired Vic Fangio on Black Monday, and Tuesday evening, just minutes before we 
recorded our episode. The Giants fired Joe <laughs> Judge. I am so upset that they fired Joe Judge. Dang it! <laughs> no, Giants. You're supposed to keep Joe Judge. No, I don't think it really matters. It is such an undesirable spot um, that I have a hard time believing they are going to get a really good candidate to be willing to go there. But let's let's look at these. Let's look at these uh, vacancies. Uh, obviously, Rich Basaccia and the Raiders are in the playoffs. So, like I said, I'm not counting them right now. Although we'll we'll see what happens once the Raiders are inevitably think, out of the playoffs. But I would um, think just making the playoffs at the end there would would Basaccia him. deserves it. However, yeah, there's that I mean. talk. There's that talk of Harbaugh, and there's mm. a lot of talk that they're interested in Maybe. him. As well. So, how many NFL teams are really truly looking for a head coach? Jaguars, Broncos, Vikings, Bears, Dolphins, and Giants as of now. Um, that's a lot to unpack. Let's start with Brian Flores, Taylor, and mm-hmm. really what came down the pipeline of why the Dolphins parted way with Brian Flores is because there was a, a power struggle there with the front office between him and general manager will greer the owner decided to choose the side of will greer uh it turned out that brian flores was the driving force for the interest of deshaun watson so we'll see from there uh the ownership group and will greer believe that they want to build around Tua tonga vailoa i'm not so sure that's probably (laughs) the best uh way to go but to me taylor this is the biggest shock Three seasons with Miami, Flores was 24 and 25, consecutive win- winning seasons to close his tenure. Um, the Dolphins face uncertainty at quarterback throughout the past three years, drafting Tua over Justin Herbert. Um, and, and to me, like finishing eight and one on the year to get fired, I mean, look, Brian Flores is going to be a coach for one of these other vacancies. It's just a matter of who. Uh, but this this is a head scratcher to me by far. Yeah, I would hope he gets a, a another job swiftly because I agree with you. I mean, his record overall with the team in his stint has not been great. But I mean, you know, they didn't really have a quarterback. They still might not. They're running with Tua, I guess. Um, I'm with you uh, that I don't really know if that's the the way you should have gone. I think if there was any chance that keeping Brian Flores would have gotten you. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I personally would have kept him because I think that even if you think that Tua is decent or can become decent, maybe even good, I Deshaun Watson can be great and is great usually, especially if he has a team around him. We haven't really even seen him with a decent enough team to really right. say that they're good. I mean, he's taken mediocre teams to the playoffs and yeah. like just on his back alone um, for the most part. Because, I mean, he's so dynamic in the way he can run and pass. I know that he's obviously dealing with a lot of legal troubles, and we still have yet to see how that all pans out in the end. And that's, like, the only thing holding this back, or else this deal, I believe, would have already been done, or a deal would have already been done, um, if it was just a matter of um, him wanting to leave and them trying to get something out of it. But, yeah, this this one is a head-scratcher for me. I really – just the way they ended the season, 8-1, and one, that that's such a – that's just a strong finish, and it's something you can build off. Even if you were planning on keeping Tua and and you ended up keeping Tua, I just think that ending a season 8-1 and one is as good a place as any to start into the offseason in the next season. So it, it really just doesn't make sense. And, and you look like 
Brian Flores is not on the caliber of a Joe Judge. Like Joe Judge deserved to be fired, yeah. especially how he handled yes, that last did. game. Um, but that that was like the third and nine where they took a knee instead of, or whatever they did instead no, of like quarterback snuck it. No, it was quarterback snuck it. Yeah. <laughs> just to get a better punting position because they couldn't trust anyone to do anything at a third and nine on their own, like what two or three yard line or whatever it was. Um, but that, that was, that was embarrassing. And that that's fireable that, that Joe judge should have been fired for that. This one. No, nah, I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, you you talk about Joe Judge, and, and um, I mean, the move comes a day after you know Gettleman retires. Uh, yeah. he didn't retire. Uh, that's just the nice way of putting it. Uh, th- this is a Giants team, man. I mean, first off, Judge went ten and twenty three in his two years. The Giants got worse as his tenure progressed. He is now the third consecutive Giants coach to be fired after two years. Ben McAdoo. Gone after two. Pat Shermer, gone after two. Joe Judge, gone after two. This is a Giants organization that is an absolute shit show. You have no future on offense. You have no future on defense. You're stuck with Daniel Jones because you picked up his option. Congratulations. And, uh, like, I mean, this is a Giants team that last in points per game, last in offensive uh, offense efficiency, last in yards per play, Last in touchdowns per drive, last in points per drive. And over the two year span, Joe Judge was the head coach of the Giants. They had the 27th worst record. And since 2010, are the worst team in football. If you're looking at free agents, nobody wants to go to New York. You look at these other head coaching vacancies that we're going to talk about, they're all more desirable than the New York Giants. I have a really hard time believing that the Giants are going to f- find a decent candidate to fill this job. Now, somebody's going to jump because it's an NFL head coaching job. I get that. And there's only 32 of those in the league. However, this is so bad. And you have not seen a commitment from ownership. I mean, over the last six years, you've had three coaches. I, I, I mean, what? and they're all losing records. You have to consider who the general manager is going to be, who – who knows at this point uh well, you have to consider the future you know personnel you don't really have that and between their 72 million dollar wide receiver and your first round pick your uh your starting left tackle has more receiving touchdowns than those two had this year <laughs> so i mean come on the See, the only thing that I think could be redeemable about this, and this is the only, I don't even think this is going to happen because of the way that the Giants are run. I don't know if they will give this much trust to someone, but if they if they can get someone who is a big name, I, I, I'm not even going to throw out names because I, I really don't even know who would be up for this, um, but to give them a type of like Bill Belichick situation where you're like, okay, you can be general manager slash head coach, pick all your players you want, have complete control of the roster, and be the head coach. If there was someone like that, that would be the only way that I think that this See, would be um, and, uh, and an way the job. And the way the Giants have come out with their statements, um, that's not the structure that I think they're going to go after. Because yeah. if you look at um, the, the co-owner, Steve Tisch and John Mara, uh, they, they re- released – uh, dual statements when they when Gettleman retired quote unquote retired got fired um yeah. 
they wanted they want to find a general manager that you know has say in personnel and and all all that bullshit. Um, this is just a horribly run franchise, and it's not going to turn any better. They don't have talent, and you can sit there and say, "Well, they have Saquon Barkley," and, and look, I love Saquon to death. I do. Me of all people. However, he needs a fresh start. You have Kenny Galladay, who just is not a fit there. You have Kadarius Tony, you who's paying him a ton, and you're paying him seventy two million dollars. Uh, you have Kadarius Tony, who looks about as bad, if not worse, than Jalen fucking Rager. Um, and he's a carbon I, copy of Sterling Shepard. Like, so so what do you – you have no identity on offense. You swing and miss on offensive tackles. You don't really have a good defensive core. You're going to have to restart again. You don't have a franchise quarterback. You're. Let me tell you this. Even if Russell Wilson leaves Seattle, and it sounds like he's not, it sounds like he and Pete Carroll are running it back. Even if you, uh, so say Russell Wilson ain't an option, which is what all Giants fans were really, really banking on. You got nothing. And this quarterback draft class ain't very good. So are you going to reach again on a quarterback because you have to? Just like you did with Daniel Jones, you picked the wrong one. You didn't have to reach for Daniel Jones. You probably could have got him in the second round, to be honest with you. But, I, I mean, the Giants, I mean, it, it's an endless circle. It's like a hamster on a wheel, man. I mean, they they just keep doing the same shit over and over again. And look, as an Eagles fan, I love it. I love seeing the New York <laughs> Giants as a fucking shit show because they deserve it. However, like, as a Giants organization, how can you keep – how do you break the wheel? I feel like Game of Thrones. Break the wheel. The Giants can't break the wheel. Yeah, and that's and that's what I'm saying is like I don't think in any way that they're gonna do what I just laid out. No, I just right. think no, but it, I, I, I just think it, it would be it would be fun if they did for them, like just, no, just to change it up and just like give someone complete control and like just see where it goes because this I feel like a lot of the problem with Gettleman and the coaches carousel that has gone through is that. Gentleman's picking the players and like it's just not working out with the the coach no, and the players not, no, and like picking not. Daniel Jones and, and stuff like that like it, that's why I, I, if they were to go the route of of giving power of player personnel to a head coach I think it would work out better for them but will they do it probably not yeah no because that that's what <laughs> smart teams might do and the Giants are yeah. not they are not that Taylor um when you look at the rest of these openings and I and I, I guess we'll open it back up because I I mean I personally don't really have much to say on you know the Bears firing Matt Nagy that was kind of a duh no. um, I mean all, like, all, most of these are like the Jaguars filed, yeah you know Zimmer duh I mean that yeah. that team has way too much talent to be that mediocre and a lot of that has to yep. do with Kirk Cousins but that's besides the point um and then the Broncos with the Vic Fangio I mean I don't know if it's all his fault I think he's a brilliant defensive mind he never had a franchise yeah. quarterback but uh, he uh, may be better suited to be a defensive coordinator that's why I'm that hoping way. Jonathan Gannon gets a head coaching job and the Eagles are gonna hey come on Vic Come, come uh, if, be our if Matt Averfus gets fired for the Colts, I I, I would love uh, to be our defensive coordinator. I would say Flores would be a great defensive coordinator for us, but he's going to get a head coaching job. Yeah, um, I think he he was a decent enough head coach. Like I really yeah. think he he still has uh, that. the 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 top candidates really outside of Flores. I think the top candidate right now is Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning head coach. He is on his world tour right now. He is already. Um, Interviewed with the Jaguars, interviews 
with the Bears and the Vikings and the Broncos coming up. He ain't going to the Giants. I can tell you that right now. Um, so he is gaining a lot of interest as well. And then you have your your typical guys um, that that we hear, Josh McDaniels of the Patriots. Eric Bieniemy of the Chiefs, Nathaniel Hackett of the Packers has come up. He he has been a popular name. Joe Brady may be out there. Brian Dayball of the Buffalo Bills is a coach that almost got a job last year. It's decided to stay in Buffalo. Kellen Moore with the Cowboys as well. Byron Leftwich. Uh, and then you look at Todd Bowles with the Buccaneers. He is becoming a popular name as well. You mentioned Matt Eberflus with the Colts. Um and Dan Quinn with the Cowboys. Those are some of the names that you're starting to hear uh, with. Uh, Jared Mayo of the Patriots is another guy you're starting to hear as well. And if you're looking at the most desirable spot, um, personally, I, 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 I'd i like to think the Bears is kind of intriguing. You still have a pretty good defense. If, if, you, if you have fields, you might be able to work something out there. Um, the Broncos, truly, I think they're a quarterback away. If you can get a quarterback, they become the Buccaneers when Brady went to the Bucs. I, I really think that they are a franchise quarterback or a a top-tier quarterback away from that team being a legitimate threat in the AFC. Yeah, I could definitely see that being the case. I mean, Jerry Judy, especially, I, I think he he needs to have a good quarterback to be like unlocked. And I think he could be really good. And their defense already has. And I like Sutton. Tim Patrick's yeah, really Sutton's good. Good too. Yep. No um, fan at tight end. You have you have the combination of Gordon Williams. Although I'm who Williams, knows if Gordon's going to be there. But Williams is a stud. And one of the best defenses in football. And one of the best defenses in football. So. Yeah, and for fantasy purposes next year, I hope that Melvin Gordon is gone so that Me Williams too. can really shine because Me that too. man, that man, once he's unleashed, he's going to be a monster in fantasy, I think. Um, yeah, I, I'd say uh, Broncos are a good a good pick. Um, I mean, you, you said it before, the Vikings. The Vikings already have a ton of personnel yeah. that are that are yep. really good. Uh, you have Dalvin Cook. You have, I mean, Kirk Cousins, whatever you think of him. They have the defensive pieces, Justin Jefferson on offense. Um, they have a lot of good Adam Thielen. They have a good core of people. So I, I do think that 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 is one of the top ones. But also, I I, I would I think the Bears are intriguing too. I think the mm-hmm. the being able to kind of explore how you can unlock Fields and yes. like really use him to his potential yeah. and maybe like a, like a Jalen Hurts kind of role. I, I, and then, that's why I think Doug would be a good Doug Pearson would be a good fit for Chicago because of what I mean his relationship with. Well, when Carson Wentz was really good, and then um, you know he he had the project with Jalen Hurts. Obviously, he didn't get to see it through. But I feel like Fields. Uh, you look at Peterson, and you look at what he might be looking at. It's a young quarterback. So I look at Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. I look at Chicago with Justin Fields. I have a hard time believing. I mean, somebody's going to take the Miami job, but it's going to have to be somebody that believes in Tua. Yeah, true enough. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that Peterson could do well in Chicago. I mean, I think Peterson could do well anywhere he goes. I think he, he's a good enough quarterback. Um, I don't know who is going to get the Jacksonville job, but I also think that Jacksonville isn't like as bad as like, I, I think that they can be much better. Their defense is not, I'd rather terrible. take, I'd rather take the Jacksonville job than the Giants job. Yeah. And you have like, you have Trevor, you Lawrence, have a, fran- who you have a like, franchise quarterback. <laughs> He, yeah. he hasn't played well, but he hasn't had the right people around him. I mean, and think about like Travis Etienne coming back. Yes. that That's another piece of the puzzle that you're going to get back. And, and that's a fun piece to play around with when you have Trevor Lawrence. So 
uh, I, I think that that's a decent job too. And and also, I mean, a good division to be in because, I mean, the AFC South, you know, the Texans are going to be bad as long as they don't have a franchise quarterback. Um, so that's like, you know, you want to stay with them. I mean, I know the Titans are good and the Colts, I think, will be decent. Even if they're not good, they'll be competitive. Um, I, I guess not against Jacksonville on the road, but... <laughs> But yeah, so I I think a lot of good places out there. I do think the Giants, unless they were to give them that type of job, like I said earlier, is it not the greatest? I mean, the quarterback situation alone, if you look at that, I mean, the only worst one might be, you know, Kirk Cousins, but he's not worse than Daniel Jones. Like Daniel, I take Kirk Cousins over Daniel Jones any day of the week. So oh, absolutely, absolutely. So. Obviously, uh, we will be updating everyone as the NFL coaching vacancies start getting filled. If any more uh, open up, that is going to uh, be interesting to see. I I think Joe Judge was really the last uh, straw um, when it comes to vacancies right now. I I have a hard time believing you're going to see any more fall at this point. I think Joe Judge was that last one. But we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see, especially what happens with the Raiders. We'll see if maybe the Cowboys are disappointed if they, you know, fall flat on their face in the playoffs. What happens with Mike McCarthy? We will see. Uh, let's head to the playoffs, though, because obviously that is the important piece of all of this, right? Super wild card weekend. We have a full wild card slate of games two games on saturday three games on sunday and a game on monday night the wild card matchups are set and i read as follows the raiders and the bengals will play the patriots and the bills will play each other and then obviously the steelers and the chiefs will play each other with the titans having a bye as the number one seed and in the nfc you have the Niners and the Cowboys, the Eagles and the Bucks, and the Cardinals and the Rams with the Packers on a first round bye as the top seed. Let's go to Saturday's slate of games first. We'll go game by game. We'll do our picks. We'll do our preview. We'll do our predictions. Uh, Raiders and the Bengals to start it all off Saturday at 4.30. Uh, this is a game like, look, the Bengals are coming in red hot. Uh, they they look like a legitimate threat, not only you know to make a push in the AFC, but some people's dark horse to possibly win the whole thing if they keep playing like they were playing on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think the Bengals are there yet. However, when you mm-hmm. fa- when you look at what the Raiders have done, and they have been a fantastic story this year, really, truly an uh, unbelievable story with all the adversity they have gone through. However. The Raiders are one of those teams that I I feel like when it comes to do they have enough left in the tank, I think it took all all they had just to get to this point to play a Bengals team that was able to rest their guys uh, last come week 18. Uh, The way the Bengals are playing right now, I have a hard time believing that this Raiders offense is going to be able to keep up with what this Bengals offense is going to do. Yeah, and that that's that's my feelings on it as well. I mean, the Bengals are playing as good as anyone right now. Like they they are a scary team, and I think coming into these playoffs on the AFC side, they are definitely the team where you're like, I I want no part of playing them because um, I I do think that they could they could realistically be anyone on any given Sunday, yeah. um, or Saturday in this case. We have seen it. We've <laughs> yeah. seen it. And they just played the Chiefs, and they played them well, and they they were able to win in that game. Um, took I the do, Packers to overtime. 
Yeah, exactly. And and those two are arguably, in my mind, two of the best teams in the NFL. It's and my so, Super Bowl prediction. Yeah, so I, I definitely think that the Bengals are as hot and as scary a team as any, and I will be taking um, the Raiders in this one. You're um, taking the Raiders? No, I mean the Bengals. The Bengals. Oh, Bengals. sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, Bengals. whoa! Bengals, no. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although the Raiders did win me a lot of money on Sunday, um, betting them barely, barely beating the Chargers, almost tying. I was really afraid that they were going to tie at – at that and there obviously everyone and their mother wanted that to happen um chargers definitely wanted that to happen except for their coach calling that stupid timeout um but yeah i'm picking the Bengals. i think um the over in this one is the way to go i think it's going to be high scoring on both sides um so i but Bengals in the end joe burrow is playing is playing very well lately um, and I expect that to continue. And the Raiders, I, I do think they, they've given it all they've gotten to get there. And uh, I think Bengals are going to win. Yeah, so, yeah, well, I, I just have a hard time believing that the Raiders are have enough left in the tank. The Bengals are playing so well, so I agree with you. Let's go to the Saturday night game. AFC East 3.0, the rematch of the rematch. The Patriots and the Bills in Orchard Park. Uh, obviously these two went into week 18, uh, try basically figuring out who was going to be the home team of this game. And uh, it turned out that the Patriots kind of laid an egg against the dolphins, even though Brent Flores still lost his job. However, the Patriots <laughs> did not look very good. Um, Bills didn't look great either, but they did win. And, uh, they host the Patriots on Saturday night and Taylor, We've seen wacky. We saw wacky weather the last time these two teams played in Buffalo. Not, it's not going to be wacky. However, the game time temperature at kickoff four, Ugh. four degrees. Yeah, it's like it outside is, right now. It is, <laughs> so oh my god, it's so cold it's right so now. Cold. Uh, I, I believe it. the real field temperature right now is like negative eight outside. Uh, it's mm-hmm. lovely here in upstate New York. I love living here. Really do <laughs> love it. Um, you can sense the excitement in my voice as I talk about living in upstate New York. Um, mm-hmm. This <laughs> this is going to be another one of those games. I mean, when it's four, four degrees out, you're having issues throwing the football. So it's going to come right back around to what we saw last time, but different circumstances. I mean, you're going to be able to throw the football a little bit, but still not at an efficient rate. Uh, This is going to come down to can you run the football? Now, Buffalo should win this game for all intents and purposes. However, this Patriots team, we all saw what happened last time when the Patriots ran the ball down a Bills defense throat that they still cannot figure out how to stop the run. The Bills did a better job, uh, you know, you know, the second game around against the Patriots, and, and but they were able to throw the football. Uh, mm-hmm. This is going to be interesting to see how this game unfolds. Uh, this is going to be a very, very close game to Bill Belichick and the Patriots. However, Mac Jones making his first career playoff start in his rookie season against the Bills team that wants to get back to the AFC championship game and kind of avenge what happened last year. Yeah, um, this one is kind of hard to predict. I mean, I 
I think in my heart, I, I do think the Bills will win this game. Um, if if it's if it turns out to be more snowy, more windy, and more akin to that last game, I might pick I might pick the Patriots in that circumstance. Um, but really, I, I think I think the Bills are going to be able to throw it. I mean, Josh Allen, I don't think he really cares about the the like because I mean his ball, he can throw the ball so hard. Um, that he doesn't really get affected, I don't think, by cold weather too much. It's his receivers, whether or not they can catch the ball, being, you know, the freezing-ass hands getting thrown hard balls by uh, Josh Allen uh, will be the key there. But I just don't think the like, the last time that the Patriots beat the Bills, they ran it nearly every play, and Mac Jones only threw it three times. I just don't think you're going to be able to do that again. Like, no. I, I know that, like, you know, the by the by the midpoint in that game, the Bills knew that the Patriots were going to keep running it almost every time, but it, it's just not going to be like that. I, I don't think this Saturday. There's there's no way that the Bills are going to let them do that to them in the playoffs um, with everything on the line. I I think that if the Patriots are going to win this game, Mac Jones is going to have to make some plays, and I just don't know if he's ready to make those plays. Um, it'll be his first career start. He is a rookie in general, like not even just like first time in the playoffs, first time playing this season. Mm-hmm. Like he, it, it is his first year in the NFL. I just don't think I can trust in Mac Jones to win a game against this Bills defense at, at, with their, them being motivated like they are definitely going to be to win this playoff game. I desperately want to pick the Patriots because I think the Bills are destined to disappoint. However, I think the Bills are good enough to beat the Patriots. Um, I've really been turned off by what I've seen by the Patriots. Really since the Buffalo game, the first Buffalo mm-hmm. game, they have not been playing that well. And Mac Jones has kind of looked like a rookie again. Um, yeah. it, it's just not the not the situation uh, for Mac Jones and this Patriots team yet. I think they will be good down the road. However, this is not their time. I think the Bills will at least win this game. Let's head to the Great. Sunday slate. Taylor, and that, that kicks off. Well, what a clock game. The Philadelphia Eagles head down to Tampa to take on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And obviously we all know last time the Eagles faced off against Tom Brady in the playoffs. It was Super Bowl 52 and the Eagles won. Um, No, the Eagles played the Buccaneers (laughs) earlier this season, lost 28-23 at home. And uh, the, the Eagles are pretty significant underdogs, eight and a half point underdogs heading into this game. And obviously not many people are giving the Eagles that much of a chance. However, I raise to you, I I like the Eagles in this game. And obviously, oh, you're an Eagles fan. You're going to say that. Hear me out, though. <laughs> Hear me out on this. The Eagles almost beat the Buccaneers in the mid earlier on in the year. 28-23, they lost. They didn't have Dallas Goddard. They didn't have Lane Johnson. They ran the ball eight times. Eight times. This is not the same Eagles team that you are going to see this weekend against Tampa Bay, who has gotten less healthy and have lost significant pieces of their team. Their leading wide receiver in Chris Godwin is out for the year with the torn ACL. Antonio Brown lost all his marbles and quit mid-game. Their defense is decimated with injuries. They are going to get lettered for net back. However, that plays right into the strength of the Eagles defense where they can stop the run. This Eagles team has been able to run the ball at such a historic clip and nobody really has been able to stop it. 
Uh, the weather right now is for 65, however, very windy and chances some thunderstorms. It screams, run the football. This is an Eagles team that, I look, Tom Brady cannot stretch the field right now. He can't. He doesn't have the weapons to. Mike Evans is playing on a bang, uh, on a bad hammy right now. You don't have a wide receiver that can stretch the field. This Eagles defense has been playing pretty darn well. There's going to be a lot of Eagles fans down in Tampa. It's Tampa. There's going to be Eagles fans in that stadium. It's not going to be that tough of an environment. Jalen Hurts has played in big games before. Now, if the Eagles win this game, they go and play Green Bay. That's a different story. I'm not, <laughs> but, but let's get there first. However, the Eagles are going to beat the Buccaneers on Sunday. Or set, yeah, Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Well, I hope you're right because I am putting money down on the Eagles because they are such underdogs that – I mean, the the odds on it are, are plus three twenty right now. So, I mean, that's if they make the it, Eagles that's... are plus five thousand to win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying I did it, but I'm telling you, I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but at, at, at plus three twenty to win this game, I'm comfortable oh, yeah, putting twenty dollars down just to see, and then if it hits, I get like I think it's close to two hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy putting that down, and especially because you've laid out the situation so nicely to where they could win. Um, but for our purposes, uh, I'm still going to go with the, the Tampa Bay because I understand they are missing a lot of pieces on defense, and their defense is not the same as it was early on when they played the Eagles or, or where they played a lot of teams where they were shutting down the run game. I don't think they're going to be able to shut down uh, Philly's run game, not at all. Can they limit it somewhat? Possibly. Uh, I'm not too worried about the weapon situation because Tom Brady makes it work. He's made it work with less. I know he still he has, does. He still has he Gronk. Does. He's going to lean on Gronk a lot. I'm sure the Eagles are prepared for that. And they're, I mean, I would hope that they're prepared for that because he is going to be the main target. I think on majority of these, uh, these little intermediate throws to try to get first mm-hmm. downs, it's, he's going to be targeting Gronk heavily and often. And it's probably in the red zone too. And Mike Evans, you know, as much as he can get involved, he will get involved. I'm not worried about them not having A.B. because they didn't have A.B. for the majority of the year because he's just been hurt. Um, Godwin, obviously. Is they still had that Godwin. It wasn't a problem because yeah. they had Godwin. But well, now mean, that but, they both don't have A.B. and Godwin, it's a bit of an issue. Yeah, it's definitely missing some pieces. But I, if there's one person I will trust missing pieces, it's Tom Brady. Um so I'm gonna pick Tom Brady and Leonard Fournette coming back. That'll definitely help the the Tampa Bay run defense or run game because um, it really hasn't been anything without him. Like it's been a hodgepodge of Ronald Jones and whatever else they're throwing out at running back, and it hasn't been very good. Not that Fournette is a world beater or anything, but he is definitely like their best running back that they have. So getting him back is gonna be big for them. Uh, if they can run the ball a little bit, then it'll make it even easier to use the weapons that they do have. Um, so I'm I'm still taking Tampa Bay, but I mean, I'll be rooting for the Eagles, so I win some money. <laughs> yeah, I uh, the Buccaneers are on upset alert for me. I, I really like the Eagles in this game, and and I would be the first one to tell you when I don't like the Eagles. Let me tell if, you, if the Eagles, if they win, yeah, if they win this win game, try, trust me. As much as I love my Eagles, there's no way in God's green earth I think they're gonna go and beat the Packers and Lambeau. But this for this week. For this week's conversation, yeah, they're going down to Tampa and beating Tom Brady. Uh, let's go to the 430 game, the Niners and the Cowboys. Uh, the Niners looked pretty darn impressive with Jimmy Garoppolo back. I mean, 
both teams had everything to play for. So it wasn't like the Rams were off letting off the gas a little bit. The Niners went into LA and beat the Rams. The Cowboys haven't looked right. Like, look, if you want to look at the Cowboys and say, well, they put up 51 points against the Eagles on week 18. Yeah, they, the, the eight strainers were in for the Eagles. So, I, I mean, I know the Cowboys were celebrating like they just won the Super Bowl. However, don't take any stock in what happened in that game when it comes to the Cowboys. And when you take that game away, the Cowboys have not looked good. They have not looked good. They still cannot run the ball. Um, you know, Dak Prescott needs to be more secure with the ball and make crisper, quicker decisions. The defense has been leaky. They couldn't stop the run. Guess what the Niners like to do, by the way. Um, and they just, I don't know, man. The Niners are playing right at the right, you know, they're playing their best football at the right time. The way they're using Debo Samuel right now and the way that they're playing on defense, guess what? And I'll do some, you know, little little help out there for you betting heads out there. If you do a Sunday parlay, Eagles money line, Niners money line, and then take the Chiefs here in in the Sunday night game. Two upsets because guess what? I'm taking the Niners to beat the Cowboys. That's a pretty damn good parlay. Uh, Niners are going to upset the Cowboys in Dallas because guess what? There's going to even be more Niners fans there in Dallas as well. This is a Niners team playing right at the right time. Uh, there's a couple people, or I, you know, take your opinions about them. You know, at face value, but Rex Ryan likes the Niners to represent the <laughs> NFC. In the Super Bowl. Whoa, but the, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's I, insane. I, I know. <laughs> I know he is. But the Niners but the Niners are starting to convince people that they can make a kind of a run. I don't think they're going to make that big of a run. However, they're going to beat Dallas on Sunday. Mm, mm, that's a hard one. I mean, you, you, you talk a lot of truth, and you make me want to take the Niners. I don't know if I will, though. Um, the Niners are playing very well. Um, and you can't really put much stock in the Cowboys win over the Eagles because the Eagles obviously were playing with mostly B squad. Um, so it, it was really like D and they e destroyed squad. them. Um, but the backups, know. backups were in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the Cowboys, you know, outside of that game, haven't been playing amazing. Um, but the the Cowboys just have so many weapons, and I think that their offense can be so explosive at times. And, and their defense, you know, uh, maybe not the best in terms of like um, uh, yards per game or anything like that. But they are they do lead the league in, in takeaways. So there's that. Mm -hmm. if, if if there's any a quarterback that I, I trust that he might throw an interception at some point, it's going to be Garoppolo, assuming he's the one who's going to get the start. Um, so I I don't know. I could definitely see the Cowboys turning the ball or getting uh, the. Uh, Niners turning the ball over to the Cowboys a couple times and the Cowboys taking advantage of that. And that's where I kind of see the, the advantage going to the Cowboys, um, especially with the, the firepower that they can have. Not to say that they will or that they always will. And I do think that the Cowboys are going to falter at some point. I do not think that they're a Super Bowl team in the slightest, but I think they can beat the Niners. I, I know that the Niners have been making this big push to the playoffs and they won a bunch of basically playoff games, especially that last one, a win in your end game against the Rams who are a playoff team. So obviously the Rams didn't have as much to play for. Um, they already clinched their berth, but they could definitely move up in the standings. And I think the, the division was still on the line in that game, depending on how other games went. Um, so I give all the credit to the Niners, but I, I'm going to take the Cowboys. 
I tried. I tried, gonna, America. I, yeah, hey, tried. Hey, maybe I'll put a bet down. I don't know. Like you, you're, you're. I don't know. You're, my my parlay, my parlay of Eagles, Niners, Chiefs here s- sounds pretty pretty nice. Not gonna lie. Um, we'll, we'll take a look at it. Also, I I think if you're gonna do an anytime touchdown score, I think Debo is a lock for that as well uh, yeah he's a, he's always a lock he's always a lock that's why i did it last week and won 200 dollars mm-hmm. off it um let's go to the sunday night game and that's the steelers and the chiefs like look the steelers are in the playoffs because the improbable happened and uh <laughs> the colts lost to the jaguars um we thought the last week was the end of big ben big ben gets a final ride and uh Honestly, I think Big Ben is kind of wishing that the Colts just handled their business because (laughs) this game is going to be so horrifically ugly that Big Ben is not going to go out on top. Uh, The Chiefs, (laughs) uh, you know, for all their faults this year, are going to absolutely obliterate the Steelers. Like, this game will be over at halftime. Yeah, most likely. Um, the only thing that the Steelers have going for them is their defense and TJY. If maybe they can get some pressure on uh, Patrick Mahomes, they can maybe keep it closer than an absolute blowout. But just a blowout, right? Yeah, n- yeah no, n- not like a forty-point blowout, just like a twenty-point blowout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, four- a fourteen-point blowout instead of like a thirty. But yeah, ultimately, <laughs> Chiefs are gonna win this game. If 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 somehow Ben Roethlisberger pulls this off then i'm gonna be like they're gonna win the super bowl last hurrah for no, Roethlisberger. no stop it this not <laughs> don't even don't Pain, even start thinking on the broncos possible. in the last year type run <laughs> noodle no. arm peyton manning noodle, noodle arm. arm yeah seriously <laughs> relying on the defense Oh, God, that's <laughs> gross. That is so gross. Um, yeah. Let's go to the Monday night final wild card playoff game. That would be the Cardinals and the Rams. And the Cardinals really fall from grace, right? Uh, this was yep. a team come early November that people thought were the bona fide Super Bowl favorites the way they were playing. Kyler Murray I was playing them. at MVP level. No, no, not Kyler. Uh, I picked the Rams. Um, and the Rams – you know they they're twelve and five, but they 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 seem to be losing these maddeningly confusing games. Like you don't know what to think of the Rams, um, and, and I still don't, and I don't trust them. But I think this is going to be look. This is going to be a very good game. However, I think the the Cardinals are just losing DeAndre Hopkins hurts, and and I know that there was talk that he would be back this week. It doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Um, this is a Cardinals team ever since that injury happened that they haven't been right. The defense is starting to become a little more leaky. Uh, I like this Rams team to at least at home, take care of business against the Cardinals. It'll be a very good game. I don't fully trust Matthew Stafford, but I trust Sean McVay more than I do Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. I think that, um, both, uh, are, I would say the Rams and Matthew Stafford are under the more, are under more pressure. Absolutely, um, they are. And, and I, I mean, the Rams are all in right now. They don't yeah, have a exactly. choice. Exactly. They've they burned first round picks to get Stafford to get you know Von Miller to get OBJ. Like they they they've sold the future for the yes, now for, for for right now, and their window is probably pretty small because two three yeah, years. Yeah, they're gonna lose these pieces. Von Miller's getting up there in age and and whatever else. Who knows if they're gonna keep OBJ after this year. Um, obviously they'll get Robert Woods going forward next year, but, 
Um, yeah, they're under tremendous pressure. Um, but you know, Arizona has been faltering as of late. The last, yeah. I know they, the last couple of games they've been rough. I mean, they, they couldn't beat the Colts and they, the Colts didn't even have anyone on the offensive line that start except for maybe one person. And they're missing a bunch of pieces due to COVID and whatnot. Um, and that I look at that game and if they're going to play with that level of, uh, confidence in that in, in this game it's going to be a Rams victory I agree with you that I don't trust Stafford either um I don't know how far that the Rams are actually going to be able to make it they were my Super Bowl pick to begin the year but I don't know if we were going to pick right now I don't I wouldn't pick them to make make it out of the NFC um but I do think they have enough to beat this game to win this game if you take out the the 49ers game um, they have been winning. I mean, they, they won against the Ravens. They won against the Vikings. They won against the Seahawks. They won against the Cardinals a couple weeks ago. Um, and then their last loss besides the Raven, uh, the Rams or the Niners was the uh, Packers game, which obviously they were bound to lose anyway because we, we both, I think, believe at this point that the Packers are maybe the best team in all of football. Um, so I think that the Rams have enough, like you think, to beat the Cardinals in this one. Um, but I do think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be one of the best games of the week, honestly. Yeah, um, no, this, this is one. This is one hell of a way to cap off Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, they they um, knew what they were doing putting it on Monday. I hate I hate the fact that there's a playoff game on Monday though. I hate it. I think there, it should yeah. be three and three. I I don't understand why they did it. I understand why they did it because ESPN has to be special and, and think they can you know do whatever they want. They can't. Um, but it's gonna Fuck be. A it. Let's have a Friday game. game. Let's have a Friday game. I, I know. What? What? What the hell? Um, like, why Monday? no, it's, it's Mondays are sad. A, I know. Mondays <laughs> suck. Mondays yeah. absolutely suck. Uh, but we we just went through all the wild card games, and uh, before we head on out of here, I mean, let's let's talk about. Let's put it on the record now. I mean, obviously, Super Bowl favorites, and we had our predictions in the beginning of the year. You had Chiefs Rams. I had Chiefs Packers in the Super Bowl. We both picked the Chiefs to win said Super Bowl. Um, And as we look at it now, I mean, who is your Super Bowl favorite at this point? I I know who I'm going with. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. I think they have looked like by far the best team in all of football. And as much as I want to maintain my prediction of the Chiefs winning it, I just simply in good conscience can't. The Packers and Aaron Rodgers, I think, is MVP at this point. But the Packers have played so well and have been so dominant all but week one that I think this Packers team is just destined to run it back. I mean, they they are going to win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. And I don't think I don't think I, I really have a team that's that close as a second option. I mean, don't doubt Tom Brady and the Bucks in the NFC, I guess. But I just laid out why I don't even think they're going to beat my birds this weekend. I don't believe in the Cowboys. We just had we just talked about how we don't trust the Cardinals and the Rams. And then in the AFC, it's a whole bunch of teams that I feel like are on the same level. I, I feel like it's a whole bunch of teams. Like anybody can be anybody. However, they don't have that team that I think can even get hot at the right time and go and beat the Packers. I mean, the Chiefs maybe, but I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I'm – I originally at the beginning of the season said Rams, uh, uh, Chiefs, and Chiefs winning. I'm going to actually fully agree with you at this point. Like 
I think the Packers are the best team. I think they're playing the hottest right now. I think they have external motivations, not just to win. Obviously they want to win, but like this is the swan song for, for Aaron Rodgers sure and is. the Packers. Cause sure we is. all assume that he's going to leave because it, he's made it clear that he wants to, and maybe even Devonte Adams going with him or, or leaving in general too. Um, so a lot of talk. I think he's going to get franchise tagged by the way. That's a lot possible, of talk, but yeah, I mean, I would, if I were the Packers, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I really do think that they're just like, everyone's just motivated. You know, we're, we're just going to go out. We're going to play. We're not going to worry about what happens tomorrow. We're going to just going to win this Super Bowl this year. And I do think that they're, I do think that they're the best team in the uh, NFL. And if I had to pick a second um, in the NFC, I would pick Tom Brady just because I I can't bet against him. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. They're losing to the Eagles this weekend. So pick another team. No, I'm picking them because (laughs) I, I don't think they're going to win against the Eagles, but um, I I think they're going to win against the Eagles. Uh, But I, I, yeah, it's just because Tom Brady, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Tom Brady made a run for the Super Bowl and won it again. On the AFC side, I really do think the Chiefs are, are looking like the team to beat. I think that's obvious, and I think that they could definitely beat the Packers, um, maybe if they're playing like really, really, really perfect football um, when it comes down to it. Any other AFC team, I mean, the Bills don't really don't really strike me as a team that's going to be going and beating the nope. Packers. I mean, don't um, down, don't count out Derrick Henry, but I, 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 we didn't talk about the, the Titans in I the know. first round by really. Um, but I, I, I don't believe in the Titans really. I mean, that that's just me. I don't believe, I don't trust Ryan Tannehill no. uh, very much. I, I know that either. maybe, maybe they can just run it down everyone's throat, but at some point I think you're going to have to make some plays. And I know that Tannehill does make plays, but can you do it in the playoffs? Can you do it in the the highest level? Can you do it against the best teams? And can you do it in the Super Bowl when the hype is the highest? Honestly, I think the Bengals do intrigue me a lot just because they've been playing so well offensively and Joe Burrow's been playing well. Not that I'm calling them making the, the Super Bowl or winning it or anything, but if they stay this hot, the ceiling is pretty high for them, I think, if, if they're staying as hot as they have been and if their offense is that unstoppable uh, with Jamar Chase and Burrow and Mixon and all those guys put together. I think that they they have a really high ceiling. They, they could go. I think they could go to the Super Bowl. I really do if they play their best three games of football um, uh, coming up. And that's kind but, of what, it, I mean, what the playoffs are about, who gets hot at the right time, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, we we've seen teams that deep down we we feel have no business being in the Super Bowl, like the Giants a couple of years ago. Um, but they 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 find themselves there because they play they got hot at the right time. Um, so I kind of I mean I agree with you. The Bengals are my dark horse team. Uh, when it comes to the Bills, I think they're they're in line for a massive disappointment. Um, but outside of that man like i can't with good conscience i mean i think the patriots are going to lose to the bills but i can't see them doing mac, anything mac jones can't like no. he can't he is the raiders a, the raiders aren't the steelers aren't i mean patrick no. mahomes I, I i think i mean to our point like i really thought for the longest time the ravens were my team in the afc and then obviously all the injuries derailed their season injuries, yeah but I mean, if you think I'm considering the Steelers to even beat the Chiefs, I mean, we just talked about <laughs> how silly that sounds. I mean, I'm, 
I, I can't even believe I even mentioned that. I just think the Chiefs, I, I think they're going to fall backwards into the Super Bowl this year. They might not even be playing their best football at the time, but I think just the way the AFC field is playing out, I, I feel like they're going to find themselves back there for a third straight year. I definitely – honestly, like I, I'm putting it down right now. If the Chiefs are not the team to make the playoffs or to make the Super Bowl, I think it will be the Bengals. I really do. I think the Bengals are playing well enough right now. If they can continue this, they could do it. Can they win it? I don't know because the Packers are pretty let's be, damn good. I mean, let's let's be real. Nobody's stopping the Eagles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Underdog mentality. Underdog mentality. Um, but no, this uh, – well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll see how many parlays, by the way, are uh, – New York betting is now a uh, is now a thing in New York. So I think come come you know once football and we, we started to incorporate it into the show uh, this week. But I, I think we'll we'll start having a segment of some bets to place each and every uh, a week, whether it be basketball. Uh, it will be a lot of basketball. Yeah, I was gonna say, what um, else are we gonna do? <laughs> um, because Tennis? baseball is not gonna be a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, you you didn't you're not you're not you're betting on down. the Australian Open. Come on, man. Oh yeah, I've, I've live bet that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me both, bud. Uh, we'll obviously bet on the NFL and then MLB, and there, there's actually some decent NHL bets. You can make some money on the NHL as well. Um, so well, my betting my betting year started off pretty great last week. So well, mine can did only go down from here. Mine did too. Amen. Might as well cash out now. Before it goes away. Um, But no, obviously obviously we will keep it locked into all the football games and uh, keep everybody posted on those NFL vacancies as well as uh, we'll start diving into the NBA once the NFL starts winding down. Uh, The MLB and the MLBPA are meeting next week for the first time since December 2nd with a proposal on the table. So maybe some good news there on that front. But outside of that, it is quiet outside of the NFL and some NBA talk. So obviously that will be our significant coverage for the time being. Uh, Keep it locked into our Twitter account at – you know what I just realized, Taylor? What? You didn't have the ticker going? I haven't had the ticker going this entire time. This entire (laughs) time. How will people know where to follow us? I know. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. You could go to our Twitter account at sports underscore podcast and our personal Twitter accounts at zbrice21 and at tlats with two t's and two s's. You could follow us there on Twitter and we will obviously interact with you as well via social media, whether it be comments, DMs, whatever it may be. Uh, we would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sports with a Z and a T. You could find this and every episode on Spotify as well as YouTube and apple podcast but spotify the most important one because you can now rate on spotify at the top left hand corner where the star is and rate us and give us your feedback every little bit is appreciated and of course we are presented by godzilla media sponsored by mohawk honda josso supply in troy and saving face barbershop up in saratoga springs taylor any parting words for the good people of sports with the z entity um you know, make sure you follow, subscribe, like, share, tell your friends, and enjoy this weekend's uh, wild card football. And if you are betting, I uh, hope you win money. Let's all win some money.
With that, fly, Eagles, fly. Go, birds. Bing, bong. We will catch you next <laughs> week when we present to you the Eagles Packers showdown where the Eagles will upset the Packers. Yeah. Book it. Book it. Eagles going. going to like a thousand on that plus a thousand if you can get them. Eagles uh, are going to the Super Bowl. Enjoy sure. the week, sure, everyone. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, for Taylor, I am Bryce. This was Sports with a Z and a T. Stay safe out there. Stay warm out there. My Lord, it is cold. Uh, yeah. And we will catch you next week right here on Sports with a Z and T. See you. Thank <sighs> you.